So I've already uh, been speaking throughout this morning about the importance of our living and Easter faith. Um, that life, as I spoke on last week uh, when we looked at the beginning of Mark's gospel, is one of repentance and belief. And that's the same right here as we get to the end of Mark's gospel. The message doesn't change. We're all called to live into that truth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, raised from the dead on the third day. The tomb is empty. Look where he laid. He is no longer there. He has gone ahead of you. As we just heard from Pastor Karen, the women who came to the tomb on that first Easter morning, they were worried about how they may move that stone that was covering the entrance. But when they got there, they saw that the stone had already been moved. And instead of finding Jesus' body, they see a man robed in white who gives them a message for Peter and the other disciples. These women at that moment are filled with fear. And they allow that fear to dictate their action. Instead of going and sharing that message, that amazing news, they fled from the tomb in terror and amazement and said nothing of what they had seen. See, we're in a world where fear stops us from doing the things that we should do. Sometimes fear even gets in the way of us doing things that we want to do. What if I'm not good enough? What if I can't actually do it? Or what if someone else is better than me? But for all of you who believe in Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, fear has no place in your life. Running away from that which you have been called isn't an option. I mean, my thinking right now goes to Jonah. Okay, he, he ran away from what God asked him to do, from the message that he was asked to share, and God pursued him. God didn't let him leave, didn't let him run away. And it took three days in the belly of a whale for him to then come and share that message with the people of Nineveh. I don't know about you, but I don't fancy spending three days in the belly of a big fish. I want to follow and obey God's word now, today. We all have a reaction to the things that we find ourselves doing. I can find myself at times, um, in a time of a struggle, I might be covered in goosebumps. In the time of a battle, I might be um, hot under the collar, blood boiling, um, finding myself angry at whatever is happening. And when it comes to doing the things that God wants us to do, God calls us to do, these bring about things of struggle, times of battle, moments of dispute. And you will find that our bodies react in the same way that I just mentioned for times of struggle or battle within me. And you'll have your own way that your body reacts to those times. However, these reactions should not dictate the way that we respond. See, I try not to let um, things build up in me. Uh, but more often than not, they do. Because I don't deal with things as I should. And, and then 
builds up and it builds up and then pop like a cork from the bottle of, a, a, of champagne, rushing bubbles everywhere. The only difference is that after I have foamed, uh, the sweet taste of champagne is not there in my mouth and it's not there in the people who are with me. It leaves a different taste, a taste that we do not want. The way we react to things really, really matters. The emotions that we let control us matter because we shouldn't let any emotion control us. The only thing that we should be controlled by is our desire and our willingness to follow the risen Christ. These women who came to the tomb, they ran. But let's give them some credit because they saw sense. The terror that they felt, the fear that gripped them was overcome as the amazement grew and overtook those feelings. They were the first evangelists. They were the first people who had the, the, the joy of carrying the good news that Jesus Christ is risen. This amazement, this amazement at what they saw, it allowed them to grow in faith. It allowed them to overcome that fear, overcome that terror, and go and share the news with their fellow disciples. He is risen and he has gone ahead of you. Now there's a common pattern which follows if you read the rest of, of Mark's gospel, um, which isn't in all trans, transcripts, but it, but it is in some. And so we have it in, in, in our Bible with a, with a kind of a, an added note. Um, but spend some time, you'll see this common pattern. People are told of Jesus having defeated death. And they do not believe it. People who have walked the earth with Jesus cannot grasp what is going on. Uh, they can't appreciate what the other people who they walked with, who they journeyed with alongside Jesus, they can't grasp, they can't appreciate. They don't step into the belief of what they're being told. They can't accept and believe the supernatural. What stops them? Well, I don't think it's fear in this case, as it was initially with the women at the tomb. I think it's rationalism. It's very different from fear because rationalism isn't a feeling. It's not an emotion. It is a belief. A belief that what we do, how we act, what we feel, it should be based on reason and knowledge. Rationalism argues that knowledge is superior to anything, even experience. So the disciples who had seen Jesus report back to the others, and they're confronted with minds that are unwilling to accept that what knowledge is telling them isn't possible. So today, I want to speak to these two Things, these two big threats to our Easter faith, fear and rationalism. And I want to ask you to put down any preconceived ideas that you have about what is or is not possible. I want to ask you to lay down any fears that you may have on how stupid you might sound or how unconvincing you may be. Because I'm telling you, death 
is defeated and Christ is alive. Now, I know some of you may be thinking, well, that's not for everyone. Not everyone can't be so bold. Everyone can't do that. That's not in my makeup. I'm I'm introvert. I'm I'm quiet or, or, or whatever it is. Well, let me tell you, they can do it. And it is possible. You can do it. It is possible. Every single person who chooses to step into a life of repentance and belief can do anything and everything. The two main things that stop us, I believe, are tools of the enemy using us, using them to prevent us from the mission and the call of God. Fear and rationalism. See, as I was thinking about what God maybe wanted me to share with you all today, I spent some time sat in my chair with my noise-canceling headphones on so I couldn't hear anything else going on in the house, just listening to some worship music. I'm not going to lie, this week has been a difficult week for me. It's been very hard and uh, I've been very emotional. Um, I've taken things that I usually wouldn't have taken very personal. And so I've had these words singing over me as I sat in my chair. Words of myself no longer being a slave to fear of having been liberated from bondage. Words of how God is so, so good. And they really helped to lift my spirit. For the first time ever, this week, I have struggled with what to say on Easter Sunday. I mean, what kind of pastor doesn't know what to say on Easter Sunday? He is risen. That should be enough. That's what we should concentrate on. But I was struggling with what God was saying to me to share with all of you. But as I dug into it, I really truly felt with this worship music and the lifting of my spirit, blessed. I felt healed. I felt restored and made new. And I believe fully that God is calling me to invite you all to go through that same process. Letting go of the fear is not easy. I know. But it's something that we have got to do. It's something that you have got to do in order to step into the calling that God has for you. To disagree with the Western thought of rationalism is also not easy, but it's even harder to walk on the other side of that line. But that is where God is calling us to walk. That is where God wants us to be. And by God, that's where I want to be and I want all of you to be with me. Believe in the good news. Jesus Christ has died. Jesus Christ is risen. And Jesus Christ will come again. The first part of that declaration, it's easy for people to accept. There are many people who will not disagree that Jesus lived. But they will not accept him as the Messiah. They will not accept him or declare him as their Lord and Savior. Just a historical figure. I know that to be different. But that's, that's what they think. But they will not agree. They will not disagree. Jesus Christ lived. And therefore, he died. The second part of that declaration 
plays on the thought of rationalism. See, when we talk of Jesus Christ having been raised from the dead, we are explicitly stating his bodily resurrection, not just some spiritual apparition. And that, for some people, plays against what knowledge they have. Even when they experience Jesus Christ today, they explain it away because they allow rationalism to be their belief. And the third part, that Jesus Christ will come again. Well, to believe that, to accept that that is true, means accepting judgment. And there are many people that don't want to do that. See, saying no to fear, saying no to rationalism, is saying to God, I am open. My heart is ready. I am yours. And I said earlier this week, uh, as we've journeyed through Holy Week, I said that we are called to follow and in our following worship. See, worship is not about what we get. Coming to worship, a phrase which often is used now as a, as a gathering together to do church. It has nothing to do with what we get out of it, but about what we give to it. Worship is our service to the king. We lift him up higher than any other name. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Son of the one true God. The style of worship may help guide us closer to the throne, yes, because we all relate differently. We all are unique in our makeup. But if we want to see him truly exalted, if you want to see him exalted higher than any other name, then that means the music shouldn't matter. The prayers shouldn't matter if they're not the ones that you're used to. The liturgy language shouldn't matter because it's not about what you get out of it. It's about what you're prepared to give to it as you exalt him. Remember, it is about him, not about us. We are here to worship the risen Lord Jesus. We worship as part of our following. Worship is a response to him who has done immeasurable things for you. Think about it. You were buried beneath your sin. Okay? There was this weight all over you until you saw met with Jesus, experienced all that he has for you and accepted to live in a life where you will change daily, being made new. You were dead in your transgressions. Now you are alive in Christ. Today we celebrate him having risen from the dead, the first fruit of a new creation. Raised from the dead, made new, physically and fully made new. And so as you commit to him, as you follow him, you too are being made new. That, that newness that you will experience every single 
day, every single moment of every day. But it will not come to its completeness this side of eternity. If Jesus is alive in you, if you feel the joy in your heart at the words that Jesus Christ is risen, he is alive, then I encourage you to belt out this next song. Whether you're with friends, whether you're by yourself, just sing it out. Sing out this song which speaks of being made new, of being brought out of the darkness. These great, great Easter themes. Let's sing together as the band leaders in preparation for coming to communion. Let's sing glorious 